2: February 27th edition of the Sports Mix on Talk Radio, WRNR, and TV 10. Barraging part by the Brown Funeral Home and Green Nations. Robert Fields and Sons, a family-owned full-service funeral home that has probably served our area since 1880. Spencer Dapunik, Verzellini, Colin McLaughlin, happy to have you with us. We are produced on TV 10 by our intern, Gerald Wright. And, uh, guys, how was your weekend?
3: It was good. Got to watch some uh, good college basketball games on uh, some... D.C. United as well, and then some D.C. Defenders. They're doing all right, too, 2 0 So, enjoyed it, relaxed. Yeah. How about you, Nick?
4: Yeah, it was a pretty good weekend. Uh, just, you know, kind of relaxed, like Colin said. Got some stuff done, and now I'm ready for an exciting week of EPAC basketball. Where we got some big games. We got a big Shepherd game tonight that we won't be at, but still looking forward to it. So, a lot going on this weekend. How was your weekend,
3: Spencer?
2: It was pretty relaxing, like Nick said. I think it was nice. I slept in kind of both days. It was pretty good. Didn't have anything to do, which was nice. Didn't have to drive anywhere. Pretty good. Pretty good. Can't complain. All around can't complain. Refueled, ready for this big week of EPAC hoops that we'll have this week, Uh, which means we'll have a big week of EPAC hoops, as we all just said. Tomorrow it'll be section one semifinal action. Number three, Martinsburg at number two, Hedgesville. Seven p.m. is the tip-off. Six thirty is the pregame show. Then on Wednesday, we'll have uh, girls regional final action from Washington High School. As Washington host Martinsburg. That's also 7 p.m. with the 630 pregame. And then on Friday, the Section One Finals. Whoever wins that section one semifinal will be at number one spring mills, also set for 7 p.m. with the 6.30 uh, p.m. pregame show. But uh, it's an exciting week, guys. Uh, the final regular season game for Epac Boys Hoops was on TV10 Friday night, and you guys had the call for it as Martinsburg on senior night uh, blew out Broadford and Christian Academy.
4: Yeah, what we expected to happen, uh, Martinsburg took care of business against a uh, a broad forwarding team that you know, it's a small school. They have a lot of international kids um, and only had seven wins on the year. So uh, it was a good win for the Bulldogs, I think, though, because they were able to hopefully get some confidence, um, which has been really what's lacked for this team, it seems like, uh, is consistency and, and then having the confidence to win games. But they've still found a way to be pretty competitive in the EPAC overall. So they're an interesting team. I think uh, when we get into sectional play tomorrow against Hedgesville, between Martinsburg and Hedgesville, um, you know, it should be interesting to see what kind of Martinsburg team we see. But also, I don't know what to take away from the game because it's not a quality opponent in Broadfording. They're just not on the same level as Martinsburg at the small private school. So um, it's tough to judge. But I think overall there are some positives in the fact that you played up to the way you're capable of, a lot of guys got in the scoring column. A lot of guys got to see uh, what they can do when when they're playing their A game, and all that could carry over. But also, is a different type of team, uh, and obviously, you really haven't been too close with Hedgesville this year. The second game was much closer at your place, but now you have to go to their place for a sectional game, where it should be a you know a big, intense crowd. So it's a tough challenge for Martinsburg. But um, you can take some positives from the win over Bronfording, but, again, there's not much to really put in perspective there because it's a game where you should have won it and you went out there and you did what you were supposed to do.
3: Yeah, uh, the positives, they didn't play down to their opponent. We've seen them do that a few times this year. They were able to go out dominate, win by 30 points almost. Uh, You got four guys in – Double figures in the score column, Laquay Clark almost had a 20-point game. That's something that you haven't seen him do for a while, and he was easily capable of doing, it seemed like, at the beginning of the season. So hopefully that confidence and that offensive production gives you a little bit of a boost going into tomorrow's game against Hedgesville, even though you can't really compare Broadford and Christian to Hedgesville at all, so will the production be there? Still remains a question because Hedgesville loves to slow the game down, loves to play defense and make you work for your shots. And you didn't see that all the time when it came to Broadford and Christian. It was a lot of sloppy turnovers that led to points from Martinsburg. But Martinsburg showed that they can have some firepower, even though it was against an obvious weaker opponent and maybe it means that it will be more competitive, but I still think Hedgesville has the edge.
4: Yeah, I think it'll be interesting to see because Martinsburg needs to play quick, I think, to win the game. When they're at their best is when they're getting turnovers, getting steals, getting out in transition, and uh, allowing their guys to use their athleticism to put the ball in the basket at a consistent rate. When they have to slow things down, play against a zone defense, you know, play more of a... I guess, slow down type game, that's when Martinsburg tends to struggle. When the game is quick and they're getting their steals and they're kind of just playing loosely, uh, Martinsburg plays really well, but uh, they've struggled against the zone. They've struggled to break down defenses at times in the half court. So, that's going to be tough because, like you said, Colin, Hedgesville will slow it down. They will play a tough half court defense, whether it be zone or man. Um, and they provide a lot of challenges Stefan Barclay is a great matchup uh, to take away Avion Blackwood because he's long athletic and uh, obviously familiar with his play style having been teammates with him at Martinsburg so they have that matchup kind of locked down and then uh, they have enough other guys that can really play good defensively and they're just a really solid team so it's going to be a tough matchup for Martinsburg but I think they can make it closer since it is the third matchup and like we've said before uh, it's tough to beat a team three times in one season, especially your biggest rival. So while I'm thinking Hedgesville is going to win, I wouldn't count out the Bulldogs completely.
2: Yeah, I wouldn't count out Martinsburg Any anyway. It's Martinsburg-Hedgesville. Anything can happen at any given point in that rivalry no matter what. I mean, I think you have to give the edge to Hedgesville just based upon the season that they're having compared to Martinsburg's season. But when you go play on the court, it could be a different outcome
4: could be yeah looking forward to the game i think it should be you know pretty fun uh atmosphere hopefully we get a big crowd and the student sections are going at it and everything that you would expect for a playoff game
2: yeah i would say that as well and uh looking through the newspaper here the martinsburg journal uh, Andrew Spellman, who's a he writes under cause. He's kind of the second sports guy. He wrote, is EPAC the best league in the state? Uh, this is kind of just off the cuff, guys. What do you think about that? Well, I read
4: the article. Colin and I read it actually before the show. Um, I thought it was an interesting take. I think he, he has a point potentially for the boys' side based on the fact that they have three teams in the top ten and not a whole lot of the other conferences have that. But also we've seen these schools outside of the EPAC struggle uh, taking on the non-EPAC teams in the state of West Virginia, which Dave Rogers told me that he believes with his calculations they're 2-15 as a conference against the rest of the state. So that's kind of hurting his point. Um, but I get what he's saying on the boys' side, that you have three teams that are all toward the top that really it could go either way, and I don't know if the other conferences necessarily have that. There might be stronger teams in the state overall, but in the EPAC, I think there's a strong argument for the conference. On the girls' side, I don't think there's any argument. Um, the EPAC, yes, it's competitive for the most part, besides kind of an outlier in Spring Mills and an outlier in Hedgesville, but you still – don't compare the quality of basketball that we see on the girls' side compared to the rest of the state. I think overall there's probably a, a more competitive state or more competitive conference. So I think um, boys, you have an argument there in terms of the three teams in the top ten, but on the girls, I think it's hard to argue that they would be the top conference based on what we've seen this year.
2: Yeah, I would tend to agree with that. I just wanted to get y'all's opinion on that since I saw that article cross. Colin, what's your opinion? I completely
4: agree with
3: Nick. The argument could be made. It's a tough argument to make, I feel like, this year for the boys' side because as soon as they go out and they play teams like Morgantown, Wheeling Park, University, uh, even Lindsley, even though Lindsley's not a public school, it's a private school. Uh, We saw them against South Charleston, GW, the teams in the Eastern Panhandle, struggled however if you look at their conferences as a whole those guys aren't all in the same conference it's kind of split and you got the top and then a wide disparity to the bottom of those conferences in the state it's not as evenly matched as you see almost night in and night out in the eastern panhandle so if he's taking it as a look as you, you want to put maybe all-star teams together from each conference and put them against each other i, I think the epac would win But when we look at even the best in each conference and see right now it's Jefferson for the EPAC, and as soon as they go out and play teams around the state, they haven't really stood a chance, unfortunately. It's kind of hard to make. So I'm in disagreement. I don't think it's the best conference.
2: Yeah, I I think we kind of all agree on this. I can't find a way to defend or say that it is the best conference only because – Nick, you just came up with the point that Dave Rogers gave you the record. You can't argue with that record.
4: Yeah, and I think the argument, like we said, and I think the thing that stands out, especially on the boys' side, the EPAC teams, you have more teams in this area being represented in the AP poll than most of the other conferences. So you have three teams in the top ten. I think that says a lot, but – and, and I think that it's maybe two now, by the way. Right. Okay. When the article was written, that was three. Okay. So you had three teams when that article was written in the top ten. So with that being said, I think you can make the argument that it's the most competitive conference. But are these teams necessarily the best teams in the state? That's a different argument. So I think what what he's trying to say there that they are the best conference. I think that's a strong point, and and, and there's definitely something considerate that. But when you're comparing those teams to the rest of the state, they just haven't proven it yet. Now, maybe they go down to Charleston this year and we see two EPAC teams go on a great run. I think that'd be awesome to see. But until they do that on a consistent level, it's it's hard to make that argument, even though overall the conference may be more competitive and have better teams from top to bottom than the rest of the conferences across the state. But, I mean, also we really only focus on quad A, on this show um, yep. because all the teams we cover are quad a so you know you have to look at triple a and double a and single a and enough mm-hmm. to tell you whether or not those conferences are more competitive overall at their level of play so it's 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 an t- interesting debate um it would take you know a lot of people from each conference to talk about the comp- competition that they see and, and everything like that um but for the Eastern Panhandle to prove itself in Quad A, it's been a while since they've won a state tournament. It's been a while since they've had a deep run. So you need to go on a big run, I think, this year at least to prove that the EPAC is the best conference. And I think when you look at it from top to bottom, it still may be, but how do you compare when when things matter in Charleston?
2: That will be the key. Yeah, that definitely is the key. We'll uh, see how these teams fare this year going down into Charleston as we'll cover that for you during the show but that will do it for this first segment of the sports mix brought to you in part by Hagerstown Ford revolutionizing the car buying experience buy your next vehicle online they'll deliver to you if you don't like it they'll take it back go to HagerstownFord.com for more on the other side of this break we'll talk some college hoops action West Virginia uh, University men's hoops in action over the weekend uh, then they have another one tonight Shepard also in action over the weekend and they too have another game tonight we'll talk about that after this two-minute break you're tuning in the sports mix on talk radio wrnr and tv 10 these days have died
1: Click on the vehicle you want and get your new ride delivered to you at no risk. See dealer for
2: details.
0: Let's go to some beers, Mountaineer Creek. You're tuned in to The Sports Mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740, and TV 10. Welcome back to
2: this edition of The Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. We're happy to have you with us here, Spencer, Nick, and Colin, on this Monday February 27th. And guys, February's almost over. It's almost March. You know what that means?
3: March Madness.
2: March Madness. Baseball season. We'll get into that. We'll get to talk about baseball next segment as uh, some controversial things going on as the first spring training games happen over the weekend. But now we'll talk WVU hoops to start things out. And Colin uh, could have been a promising game on Saturday, unfortunately. West Virginia not able to finish it out there with the last possession they fall 76-74 to number 3 Kansas. And uh tough loss there. Would have been a huge win if you take that one.
3: Yeah, if you take that one, you're in, you're in the big dance, period end of story, but I'm still proud of the way they played and actually competed this time with Kansas, but the way it ended and you know things could have went the other way and you should have had that game if you played better too many turnovers a season high of 21 turnovers against the Jayhawks uh you got guys like Matthews and Stevenson that did really well that's what you needed if you wanted to get the win but because of the turnovers and especially one right there at the end by Toussaint who in my opinion should not have had the ball in that situation even though he's the Point guard, you got to let your shooter have it to give you an opportunity to tie or take the lead, uh, potentially with a three if you wanted to. But traveled with point four seconds to go to get his fourth turnover of the game, and it, it just was something that I wouldn't have went with, but Huggins did. Unfortunately for the Mountaineers, uh, but you got to bounce back. You, you know you can compete, right? This team. Always gets accused of not being able to compete in that. They should not be in the tournament because of the record. But when you go on the road and you just competed with the number three team in the country, arguably the number one team in Kansas could potentially be back-to-back national champions the way they've been playing for the most part as of late. And you only lose by two, almost had the win, potentially could have had the win if things went your way and you didn't turn the ball over 21 times It helps you, especially if you win tonight.
4: I think uh, WVU's loss doesn't necessarily hurt them. I think it helps them in a lot of ways, at least how I think you perceive this team moving forward. Because if they would have lost to Kansas on Saturday the way they had lost to Texas a few weeks ago or some of these other games that just haven't even been close, it'd be really tough for me to say that they should be in the tournament if they were to lose by, like, 40 to yeah. Kansas or something. But they they battled, and they were right in the game, and they had a chance to win at the end. Um, a loss is still a loss, but yes. when you're looking at a resume, a, a close loss to Kansas opposed to another you know, 30, 40-point loss, whatever it was, to Texas, to another top-10 team would really hurt your chances, I think, because you'd be saying, well, I mean, this team plays well against mid-level competition but how do they do against the top and it's not good but to have a competitive game you've already had a few ranked wins on your resume. I still think you need a win either tonight or in your final game to really feel confident but I think WVU's performance helps them slightly. Maybe it doesn't help them as much as a win would but people would look at it as a more positive outlook on the Mountaineers compared to what it could have been which is how they played earlier in the season in a similar situation. So a win tonight, I think, really helps. Uh, but Iowa State is struggling, like we've mentioned before. They're now down to 8-8 eight and eight in the conference. So while they are a ranked team and they're still a quality I honestly team, wouldn't
3: be surprised if they're not ranked after Yeah, it comes out today.
4: We'll see. I mean, they have been kind of struggling. So it's still a good win, though, on the road against a, a team that will be in the tournament in Iowa State. So... Um, WVU could really use this one. It's a very winnable game. I think the Mountaineers could take it, but it is a quick turnaround as well, so we'll see how they do By adjust. the way,
3: it actually is out there no longer ranked. Okay,
4: so they were, I think, ranked earlier today. Yeah, they yeah.
3: were 23rd going from last week, but right. it just came out probably at noon, I think is usually one of the a top team, 25. I believe. Yes.
2: Um, Eric Stevenson led the way in that game on Saturday, 23 points, 20 points for Trey Mitchell, 15 for Kadrian Johnson, and 13— Matthews Jr. It's good to see more guys in double figures. It appeared the last few games only really two guys were in double figures. <clears throat> Excuse me, and uh, that's just good to see. Uh, but you know, shooting wise, they shot forty five point nine percent from the field compared to fifty four point nine percent, and twenty eight point six from three compared to fifty percent. Uh, they did have better shooting from the charity stripe, twelve of fourteen compared to ten of seventeen. Uh, but it'll be a big one tonight when they take on Iowa State, and uh, here's Tony Creedy in the Mountaineer Sports Report.
6: Game night for the Mountaineers here in Ames, Iowa as West Virginia will take on the Cyclones of Iowa State. It's the final regular season road game for West Virginia. Both the Mountaineers and the Cyclones will come into this one after a loss. Iowa State beaten here in Ames by Oklahoma on Saturday afternoon while West Virginia suffered that heartbreaking defeat to the Kansas Jayhawks by a score of 76-2. 74. What can we take from West Virginia's game last Saturday against Kansas? Perhaps this Mountaineer team finally putting it together when it comes to the intensity needed on the rebounding side of things. West Virginia out-rebounded Kansas in that game 32-23 and really attacked the offensive glass coming away with 14 offensive rebounds. All totaled West Virginia On a very good afternoon in Lawrence, finished up that game scoring in the paint 22 of its 68 points. And on an individual side, the question becomes can Eric Stevenson and Trey Mitchell keep up their hot shooting? Trey Mitchell put together quite a week. He had the big game against Oklahoma State a week ago today with 22 points. Then against the Jayhawks, Mitchell comes in and scores 20. Eric Stevenson finished up with 23 on Saturday and obviously both of those players need to keep that going here this evening. It's West Virginia against Iowa State. Our pregame coverage begins at 8 p.m. with the tip set to go at 9 o'clock. That is today's Mountaineer Report brought to us by Kroger, the official grocer of WVU Athletics. I'm Tony Caridi on the Mountaineer Sports Network from Learfield.
2: Tony Caridi there. You can hear him on the call tonight beginning at 8pm for the 9pm tip from the Mountaineer Sports Network. And you guys said Iowa State no longer ranked uh, but it's still going to be a tough matchup for the Mountaineers.
3: Yeah it is and I'm just trying to pull up uh, how it was last time because I know the Mountaineers got the win. I just wanted to have the final score. 76-71 the Mountaineers won at home and Iowa State a five-point favorite tonight. We know the Mountaineers have struggled on the road, but honestly, just the way they played Saturday against Kansas and the way Iowa State's really been struggling, the Mountaineers could pull this one off. I'd be really happy if they did so because it would give me more confidence but you can't turn the ball over 21 times that that's the biggest thing if the guys go out and shoot the way they did they can get those turnovers back down to where they've averaged all season around 12 they get the win tonight
4: it'll be interesting to see too i think how does wvu build off of the tough loss to kansas uh against this iowa state team because at times we've seen really good performances like the Kansas game, and at times we've seen some really poor. Performances. So, um, you know, can you can continue some of that momentum that you had, even though it was a loss to a really good team against Iowa State, who mm-hmm. seems to be playing not its best basketball right now? So, I think WVU will get the win tonight, but it should be uh, pretty tough. And you're going to need to play similarly to how you played against Kansas, but you can't have those mistakes down the stretch like you did in that game and uh, try to keep up your consistency and find a way to get a win. But um, we'll see how it plays out. I yeah, think, once though, it's a good chance that WVU gets the win tonight.
2: Once again, 9 p.m. tip-off. You can tune in on 106.5 FM, AM 740 beginning at 8 p.m. from the Mountaineer Sports Network. you will hear Tony Caridi. On the pregame coverage and on the call, as always, we'll talk about. We'll recap the game tomorrow. We'll also be recapping another game tomorrow, and that will be Shepard men's hoops as they they unfortunately fell on Saturday, 75 68 to Cutztown. Uh, a game in which would have given them a lot of momentum headed into the postseason, but it was really that second half they just couldn't keep up.
4: Yeah, they got some good performances in
2: the game double double uh, from Philip Jordan.
4: I was going to say he went over 20 points, so you had some positives, I think, if you're Shepard, but you still were fouled. John, uh, John Preston. McLean Corley didn't have his best game, so um, you're going to need more out of him, but also, like I had said the other day, I believe, uh, knowing that the Kutztown game didn't have any significance. You couldn't move up in your standings. You were just really looking for a little bit of momentum there was no reason to risk John Preston hopefully he can play tonight I don't know exactly what his injury is but uh hopefully he can go tonight and there's no real reason to risk uh DMC because we know he's been dealing with some injuries so um you you take a little bit of momentum Philip Jordan had an off night the other night at Shippensburg he has a much better game against Goodstown but it's gonna be tough I mean we talked about this matchup really last week that they have tonight and, uh, you know, it's an intriguing game, but it is a team that you beat before in East but, um But it's also – that was kind of an outlier game for you, scoring 96 points. and the other game, you only scored 58. So you're going to need something in the middle, I think, at least to win uh, tonight. You know, hopefully get in the 70s. But a uh, good win for Shepard – or – good win earlier in the season for Shepard against East Stroudsburg, but not the best loss to down, but like I said, it didn't really matter too much, so um, we'll see how they play tonight, but hopefully you can pull off an upset, and Shepard's proven to be competitive with
2: all the top teams in the uh, PSAC East. Yeah, you mentioned it was a big upset win at home for Shepard. 96-88 to East Stroudsburg, who they'll play tonight. That was back on January 18th at the time. Number 14 in the country, East Stroudsburg was uh, but then they faced East Stroudsburg at East Stroudsburg on February eighteenth. Unfortunately, they fell seventy four to fifty eight. You know that game where they scored ninety six points against East Stroudsburg, the highest scoring game for them all season long. You are going to need that tonight if you want to defeat a, a really good East Stroudsburg team.
3: Yeah, back when they won ninety six eighty eight that point of the season I think we can all agree is right around the time Shepard was playing it's best basketball all season long and now I I don't think they are doing that unfortunately some injuries have caught up to maybe some fatigue because of how long the season has been and you you go 1-3 in in your final four games to end you're man. You managed to beat Shippensburg to get this sixth seed and make it into the postseason instead of potentially having your season end on Saturday with a loss to Cutstown, who arguably was the hottest team in the PSAC because they finished their season with six straight wins and were playing pretty solid basketball, but just as a whole couldn't get the job done because of some games they fell in the beginning of the year. But Shepard just can't worry about that. It's postseason time now everybody's record's back to 0-0. It's a win-and-you-move-on, lose-and-you-go-home situation. And even with that, I feel like all the pressure's on East Stroudsburg, right? They're the ones at home. They're the ones that dominated when they were at home against Shepard, and Shepard just needs to go out there with nothing to lose and play with that type of swagger, and maybe they can pull it off. We still believe that they can. I know we like the guys on their squad it's just been some inconsistencies here and there that we've questioned, and if they can get those out and maybe get a string of wins together here would be a fun uh, way to end the season.
4: The lowest total scoring night in a loss for East Strasburg is 67 points by the opponent. Shepard averages around 66, 67 points per game. So to beat this team, I mean, you really you gotta need to push 70, 20s. 80 points usually. uh and Shepard hasn't shown the ability to do that consistency. And also, that loss was to IUP, who's one of the top teams in the nation. So, um, it'll be tough for Shepard. I think they're going to need another big scoring game. And they don't need 96, necessarily. But you got to get at great. least 75-80 to have a really good chance. And I don't know if this team can do that based on how they've played as of late. But... If John Preston's out there and he's healthy, like it's tough to really see this team winning this game tonight. It seems like everything's going in East Strasburg's direction, really. If I'm being honest, um, McLean Corley's banged up. You know, your two best scorers are at least coming off of injuries, if they're even both active. So, with that being said, and then the fact that you're going on the road to a high-powered offense with those two guys hurt or dealing with injuries. It's it's very tough. And can Shepard do it? Yeah, they've proven that they have a good enough defense that they can keep them in the game at the very least. But to do it for 40 minutes will be tough. So I think everything's really on East Strasburg's side, but um, you do have a little bit of confidence if Preston's out there then maybe those guys can get going and you can have that kind of shooting night that you had at home in the Butcher Center but that's the thing that's usually where you play your best offensive basketball is at home so it's going to be uh you know a game where you would lean toward East Strasburg to probably win tonight but you're hopeful that Shepard can get this win and at least uh build on what they've done throughout the regular season with this young team and they would play Westchester in the next round. So, again, a team that you've played really close all year. I mean, that's the thing. Like, until Shepard has to cross over uh, to the West, I mean, they've been competitive at least with every team in the East. Um, so, that at least helps them. But um, with the situation and, and how things are looking, I, it's tough to see Shepard getting this win.
2: Yeah, and if they were to win, they'll take on the number two team in the East, Westchester, Wednesday at seven thirty p.m. Obviously, game would be at Westchester, uh, but tonight's game at East Stroudsburg is a seven p.m. contest. Um, should be a good one. Hopefully, Shepard can come out on top. And uh, it was a big weekend of upsets in college basketball, guys. It was pretty fun to see all the clips on YouTube for everything that I missed of, I think, like five or six upsets at least.
4: Yeah, this Saturday had quite a few, and Maryland got a win over Northwestern. Not a huge upset, but an upset nonetheless. So, I was happy about that. Yeah, Uh, Yeah, I'm trying to think if
3: the biggest one was when UNC uh, beat number six Virginia. I don't know if any Virginia really descending. Yeah, and unfortunately, that that was the thing. uh, Just to go back to West Virginia, (laughs) that I was more worried about, and I kind of said on friday a loss to kansas wouldn't hurt as much as other teams on the bubble winning and one of those being unc with a win over number six kansas or not number six kansas uh, i'm sorry number six virginia could potentially put them ahead of wvu now on that bubble and that's something that worries me more
4: it's weird to say unc got a win and it was an for upset us? that's true it's
3: for me i mean year.
4: unc with their tradition <laughs> they're a, they're they're a team that doesn't get credited with an upset even if you do knock off Virginia but uh, it still helps in terms of this year for their resume but yep. I just mean overall like UNC winning a game can't really be classified as an upset and, and that's why they're always a dangerous team if they make it into the tournament. You know we see in the past Syracuse was always that team that like even if they were 11 seed you knew they were going to go on a run just because they're Syracuse and, and UNC's kind of had that reputation as well. Yeah,
2: you make a good point there, Nick, and that will do it for this segment of the Sports Mix. Brought to you in part by Orsini's Home Store, We're not just appliance store any longer. Cabinets and designer bedding, outdoor living, and family-owned and operated right here in Martinsburg at 360 Hack Wilson Way. Go to Orsini's.com for more. On the other side of this break, like we mentioned, we'll talk some baseball new rule. Uh, being implemented this past weekend as spring training begins, and uh, not a good rule necessarily. We'll discuss it, break it down. Also, the Bears are looking to move the number one pick in the NFL draft. Uh, if you were the Bears, what would you do? We'll talk about that after this two-minute break. You're tuned in the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV10. Back in two minutes.
1: WVU Heart and Vascular Institute offers world-class heart care close to home. Our board-certified physicians are performing groundbreaking procedures using cutting-edge techniques, and that's why we're expanding our services to every corner of our region so you don't have to travel far to receive the great specialty care you deserve. Close to home. Now accepting new patients at all locations in Martinsburg, Hagerstown, Shepherdstown, Winchester, and at our newest office in Ranson. WVU Heart and Vascular Institute. World-class heart care close to home.
0: You're tuned in to the Sports Mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740,
2: and TV 10. Welcome back to this edition of the Sports Mix. Here for your Monday, March 27. Or excuse me, I'm already into March, February 27, 2022. Spencer, Nick, and Colin, happy you're to have You're also in 2022. It's oh, you're right. I'm all messed up. 2023. March of 2022, that's where Spencer says <laughs> that. What a time to be alive. You know why? It's because I'm already thinking about baseball here, and I was thinking about last baseball season, which began in March of 2022. Sure.
4: We'll go with that.
2: That is true, though. It is a factual statement. All right. We got to talk it, about yeah. MLB. Uh They've implemented a new rule, which is finally making it to the big leagues. I believe this was in the minor leagues for the last season or two. Uh, there's now a pitch clock. Pitchers have 15 seconds between pitches to make the next pitch. But also, batters have... What is that? Six, 15, seven seconds to get ready and look at the look at the pitcher. If you don't look at the pitcher... Automatic strike. Do you know what happened in one of the first spring training games this week? Did you guys see that video?
0: Yeah. Yes. Where it was
2: a base is loaded, bottom of the ninth inning, two outs, full count. Who? What? Do you remember what team
3: it was? It was the Red Sox and the Braves. Yes. And, yeah, it was tie ball game, bottom ninth, and it ended on a tie because they called a uh, violation on the batter, which automatically counted as a strike three to end the game which you want to just get into my opinion now
2: yeah let's let's just start people rolling people's opinions here because this is wild
3: i think it's a stupid rule I, i'm in this instance more of a traditionalist when it comes to baseball and I, I know they want to speed up the game to try to appeal to a larger audience but that's just not what baseball is that there's never been a timing mechanism in baseball other than outs and that's how it should be if a game goes four hours so be it unfortunately to the fans that don't want to sit and watch baseball for four hours and it's just not your sport plain and simple you can't have situations like this and put it into hands of a clock it's dumb i don't like it the pitch wasn't thrown that's how strikes and balls are or from the pitches not from times
4: they're trying to appeal baseball to people that already don't like baseball making the game 30 minutes quicker is not going to help the sport or help the audience people are either going to choose that they like to watch baseball or they don't and making the game slightly quicker isn't going to do that um you look at sports like football the nfl the nfl understands that it's an entertainment business at the end of the day that's what sports are and when they make a rule change, it's for the betterment of the game 90% of the time, 95% of the time, and it makes the game more appealing to watch to football fans, not people that aren't football fans, because if you're not a football fan, you're not going to want to watch football at the end of the day anyway. One thing they'll probably change is that rugby rule, or rugby scrum push that we have with the Eagles and their QB sneak. That Everybody wants that out of the league because That's it's probably bad for the change. game of football. Baseball is now trying to change the sport to appeal to people that already don't like baseball. That doesn't work. It's not going to change. The viewership is not going to go up because the game is slightly shorter because people are still going to be bored by just the way baseball is. If you don't like it, you're just not going to like it. And that, but I they really don't need to how change know how to get more game. people
3: to watch baseball? Take out blackout restrictions. How about we start with that so we can watch games at a market for games that are blacked out for certain areas. All sports
2: have blackout restrictions. Yeah, no, that's no. just how sports is, Colin. But no, one thing that I was going to Not all say, sports have blackout restrictions. Nick, you make a good point. I read a post somewhere, and now I wish I would have screenshotted it to bring it up and reference it specifically. I read a comment or a post or something this past weekend that said, those same people that they're trying to target are the same people that are just going to be watching Netflix instead of watching baseball games. Yeah. So it's not; it doesn't do anything. Also, I posted it on Facebook, and I said, i the there's the video from ESPN. I, it said bottom of the ninth, tie game, bases loaded, full count. The game ended on a strike three, a called strike three due to the pitch timer pitch timer violation by the batter. I post, I reposted that on Facebook and said the MLB just ruined their own league. And somebody commented on my post and said, "Do I like the new rules? No." Was it needed? Yes. We don't need someone stepping out of the box or off the mound three times or people playing with their batting gloves all the time. I don't think that's the issue. It's not. I I think there are some issues with
4: baseball in terms of how much they slow the game down. But I also think the, the more pressing issue is if you're going to have that automatic result in a strike, you can have a situation like we just saw where a game ends because a guy wasn't ready in the box. And, and nobody wants to watch that. I'll tell you And you, you also watch
3: it. And he thought he was ready. He started walking down first base thinking that the violation was on the pitcher and yeah. that it was a ball four and they just won the game.
4: It's ridiculous. I think they need to get rid of this right away. I don't want to see it in the regular season. Well, freezer. it's not
2: going to happen because that's going to happen, Nick.
4: I mean, if it gets enough backlash, they might change it.
2: All right. Uh, Ma- Max Scherzer something said something
4: else I want to say about it, but I can't remember what it
2: was. Max Scherzer <laughs> loves the new MLB rules, says pitchers, quote, totally dictate the pace of the game now.
3: Yeah, because if you said it's a, what, 15 second for pitchers compared to 7 for batters? Is yeah. that what it actually is?
2: Well, the pitch timer is 15 seconds. Right. You have to be ready by 8 seconds.
3: Yeah, that's almost half for the batters. So that is a clear power advantage for pitchers.
2: Then the pitch has to be thrown by the 0 so i believe i do think some of the rule
4: changes have been good i think in a regular season game i'm okay with what they've done with the extra innings i wasn't a fan of it originally but when you think about it it's 162 game season if you're constantly having games that go 14 15 innings you're wearing out your bullpen you're wearing out your pitching and overall that's probably not good for the longevity of the season and i, I can see some good things with that i think while I I don't love it. I think it's okay, but this is just stupid. It Doesn't make any sense.
2: Just How about, about we leave it on not that?
3: Grant timeouts. It's that simple.
2: Yeah. I How like about it. we leave it on that? This is just stupid. I would agree. Colin, would you agree yeah. to leave it on that? All right. This segment brought to you in part by Parsons Ford. Ken Parsons Ford. Number one by making you number one first. Go to ParsonsFord.com for more on the other side of this break. We'll wrap things up. It wasn't a great weekend for the Wizards or the Capitals. We'll talk about that on the other side of this two minute break. You're tuned in the Sports Mix on Talker to WRNR and TV 10. Back in two minutes.
0: Hi, Kresha Hornby here. Larry DeMarco, broker of Modern Realty Results, Please, he has some of the best real estate agents in the eastern panhandle. Agents at Modern Realty Results have years of experience and knowledge of the local real estate market. Agents within the office work as a team to provide quality customer service. We strive to always ensure client satisfaction through handling every transaction with honesty and integrity, all while offering competitive rates. Modern Realty Results is better known and managed. Please call us at 262-4222, modernrealtyresults.com. Now, back to the Sports Mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740, and TV 10.
2: Welcome back to this edition of the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10, brought to you in part by the Marius Group and Ameriprise Financial Advisors, John Everson and Phil McCoy. Stop by 1270 Winchester Avenue or call 304-263-4343. Spencer Punick Nick Vardellini, Colin McLaughlin. Happy to have you with us. About four and a half minutes left in today's show. Let's uh, talk some Wizards and some Capitals. The Wizards, Nick, they went zero and two on the weekend. Uh, they had a close loss to the Knicks on Friday night, but they were they had a twenty point loss yesterday uh, to uh, the Bulls.
4: Yep, the Chicago Bulls. Uh. Back-to-back games, too, where you allow a player to score already over 45 points in your loss. Julius Randle goes for 46, and uh, Zach Levine went for 53, I believe it was. So, you know, two really bad performances defensively from Washington.
2: and uh, Zach Levine only went for 27.
4: Well then somebody went for 53. Doug
2: Rosen. He went for 29.
4: I swear I saw somebody went for 50-something. Maybe I'm reading it wrong. Maybe they combined for 53.
2: That would make sense. That makes more sense. It would be 55. Okay. 56. That's what I read. My bad. It would be 56. Mis-
4: misreading there. <laughs> uh, but Julius Randle did go for 46. Um, but overall, I mean, this team is uh, struggling. So I think, again, they're they're kind of just where they normally
2: are, right? I mean,. They had a chance to go five hundred this last weekend.
4: Yeah, I thought they were gonna at least put something together. It looked like the team was playing pretty good before the all star break, but haven't really picked up that momentum that I was looking for. They're still in the play in right now, if the season yeah. ended today at the it's tenth true.
3: seed. Does that make you happy?
4: Makes me thrilled, Colin. Nothing
2: I'd rather be than in
4: the play in game.
2: Hey Colin. That's, that's
4: stupid. Up. That's a rule that's stupid in the NBA. Just I agree.
2: seeing this now from uh We'll talk now the other team here as we've got about two minutes left. Uh, Russian Machine Never Breaks posted an article this morning. Caps playoff chances in single digits as NHL yeah. enters trade deadline week.
3: Just sell. Become younger, give up on this season.
2: Nick Jensen and Lars Eller are apparently of big interest. Yeah. But the caps went one and one on the weekend and uh, I got a number for it here. This was kind of an outrageous number that I saw when I was texted it.
3: Is it about Darcy Temper?
2: No, but I uh, don't know why he started the back-to-back. That's a whole different thing. Um, where is it? The Caps, in two games, they've scored 10 goals. And between the Caps and their opponents, they've scored 19 points in in a 24-hour span. 26, whatever, however long the game time is. But they beat the Rangers on Saturday, pretty uh, surprisingly, 6-3. to what was a pretty good game for the Caps. Then on Sunday... They laid an egg. They fell to the uh, Sabres 7-4. They're back in action Wednesday. They begin a West Coast swing Anaheim Wednesday, uh, San Jose Saturday, L.A. Monday of next week, and then they're back east uh, for some Eastern Conference action. But uh, interesting.
3: The offense clearly isn't the issue for the Capitals. It's the defense and then the goaltending. you got to figure that out if you want to be a good hockey team. You can't be allowing three-plus goals a game.
2: Yeah. I mean, I don't understand why they started Darcy Kemmerer in back-to-backs. You never do that That's also true.
3: He has a losing record and has really fell off after last year being with Colorado in the Cup.
2: Nick, any thoughts? I
4: mean, the Capitals aren't playing good hockey right now. You want to hear I mean, something? I don't know if we that talked I right about now. this
2: on the radio. There is a solid shot that no team in this calendar year of 2023 – in the DC sports big the major sports mm-hmm. NFL MLB MLB NBA NBA and NHL will be in the playoffs sad pretty sad for a team with capitals and always make it the wizards had to have a chance but You know, they're probably not going to do it. Does the Wizards play and count,
4: even if they lose in the first round of the play?
2: I don't know. That's a game. That's something for you to ponder here. But that'll do it for this edition of the Sports Mix. For intern Gerald Wright, Nick Rosalini, Colin McLaughlin, I'm Spencer Puis saying so long. WV hoops tonight, 8 p.m. pregame, 9 p.m. tip off. Have a great rest of your day, everyone. We'll
0: talk to you tomorrow. The Martinsburg Bulldogs play here only on talk radio WRNR Martinsburg.